0: I have a new album, I have a new album It will be for sale on my website On September 4th, 2020
1: I'm awake now I'm awake now
0: Now. I'm awake now. I'm awake
2: now.
0: Welcome to Audiodes. So this is Katie and Solomon. How would you introduce yourselves?
2: This is Katie. I'm Katie. And I'm a community builder, artist, up here in Arcata,
3: California. Uh, My name is Solomon and I too would be talking about the community building and I see it as a conceptual art piece, how we go through life. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, and I would just add you are co-founders of this community art space, The Sanctuary, and you invited me to be the artist in residence there and that's where I made the album The Information Age
3: that's coming out now. Thanks for uh joining us up here in Arcade. We we've always had a great time uh, having a cup of coffee with you.
0: I know we're having it right now. I'm ha- I'm actually literally having it right now, although I'm not having your beans cuz I'm out of your beans.
3: I'm roasting today and it'll be in the mail this afternoon. Oh, I can't wait.
0: God, it's so good. I mean, that's part of what it's like the jacks of all trades. I don't even know where to begin. One thing I was thinking about is when, the, when I was recording with the piano downstairs and there was a squeak.
2: There was a squeak, that uh, it was a perennial squeak, it just came at the worst time but fortunately uh, we had the uh, Team Rough and Tough here fixing it up in a hurry.
0: Well I'm just so restless and lazy when I'm in recording mode, I just want to do it and you guys both just spent the morning taking the piano apart and finding the squeak and then fixing it
3: yeah there's a really good mickey mouse cartoon about trying to find a squeak in a car you know and then it turns out that it's a cricket bouncing around as they're completely dismantling it and that's kind of what i was thinking of when we were taking (laughs) apart searching for this cricket
0: (laughs) that's great wait okay so we'll We'll talk more about that, but you were saying you have a new project now already?
3: Yeah, it's a thing that kind of come out with the dialogue around hierarchical structures and um, being in power. And it's been a thing with owning the sanctuary and having a loan. And then the sanctuary as a nonprofit and idea is renting from us. And it's one of the biggest lines in the budget. So one of the things that I've been practicing is purchasing real estate purchasing private property. And I'm trying to design a way that we could crowdsource the funding for escrow within 30 days to purchase a property to remove the hierarchical structure of rent and landlord and those kinds of aspects.
1: Wow. wow. And it's a really
3: interesting what I'm calling as a conversation piece because, you know, I'm bringing out my third district supervisor To go check out the property and and see what he thinks about what it means to have 18 acres at the end of a gravel road right by the rated number one swimming hole in Humboldt County. So we're an escrow on this 18 acres by swinging bridge swimming hole in Humboldt County, and our goal is to collaborate with other agencies to restore the land and the riparian zones and um, improve the safety for a public swimming hole. Including like a telephone that's out there. The cell phone coverage doesn't work, but there is happen to be landlines. So a 911 phone at the street. And then also to create a community gathering place, like what we've been striving for at the sanctuary. But with the COVID closures, it's almost easier to meet outside and in nature. And then what kind of healing do we get when we're at a beautiful swimming hole together?
0: I love that. What were you saying about restoring the indigenous practices of managing the land?
3: So one of the things that some of our friends have been um, exploring is indigenous land management practice and the idea that the folks that were here in Humboldt County in the 16th, 17th centuries and earlier, millions of years or thousands of years, at least, at least thousands, um, they weren't just hanging out and uh, eating berries and nuts and fish. They were actually managing the land. And during what I'm considering our management, immigrants, uh, recent immigrants to the area, the waterways have been changing a bit. We've dammed up rivers and also we've been suppressing fire and we've been seeing a a lot of uh, fire activity. I mean, you've been uh, keeping the windows closed.
0: Yeah, we've been we've had these wildfires surrounding The peninsula of san francisco for the last week and basically like our new normal it's blown over now for now but the fire season is going to last another two months three months four months the new normal is like you check purpleair.com you see how your air quality is if it's good enough you open the windows to get like a gulp of fresh air and then when it gets bad again you close the windows it's so apropos you say that right before we got on here i looked on the phone the Hurricane just hit Louisiana and there's a thing there's a big chemical fire in Louisiana as a result of the hurricane the thought that I had was we have fucked up the management of this Stretch of land that we now call the United States so epically (laughs) I mean like so epically that a storm comes in and causes a chemical fire Like what are you what are we doing? It's insane. Let alone, like if you have to poop, the best way to do it is you keep a bowl of water inside your house that's connected to tubes that you poop into the bowl of water, that you push that.
3: Yeah, so that's kind of like my idea on the fundraising and the crowdsource, the funding, is that Katie's an amazing printmaker and is going to be selling swim passes to the public swimming hall, And the result of the purchase is that you get to follow the project of what we're up to on the 18 acres You get to vote with your dollar on the environment and community gathering spaces and the vote also on the idea of how do we have private lands for public use? Yeah. So how do
0: so people can invest? How how does it work that there's not a landlord renter relationship? Everybody is going to pool their resources to purchase the land together.
3: Right. But what their privilege is with their finances of having the money is access to one of their rights. A public swimming hole so that no one really gets any special treatment because they had the money to be able to do this they get the warm fuzzy feelings of participating in a good cause and they get updates you know with uh, photographs and writing and videos that anyone could sign up for to get you know that list but they will just you know automatically be um a subscriber of the updates
0: it's so i mean it's like this whole conversation of ownership It's been this ongoing thing down here. I mean, obviously, San Francisco is an extremely expensive place to live. Rents have been plummeting and people have been leaving. And there's been all these epic, you know, apparently there's no real estate in Lake Tahoe right now because all everybody like literally there's no place to live in Lake Tahoe because everyone's moved to Lake Tahoe. And all these like tech guys are publishing these screeds on Medium that are like literally one of them began with as i look down from my perch of lake tahoe on the bay area i see You know, he like talks about his his horrible experience going a hundred thousand dollars in debt for his shitty startup you know and it's like bro like i'm not a hundred thousand dollars in debt i didn't found a shitty startup but anyway the point is people are renegotiating rents there's vacancies There's this question of, are cities even going to remain places where people want to be and gather if they can work remotely? And the whole concept of, should you own? Should you rent? What is own? What is... The whole thing is gross.
3: Yeah, it's been interesting because it's also like, who would be the best steward of this place? Could we give it to a land trust or, you know, some other uh, group in our area? And what the folks that know about that stuff have been saying is, First question is, do you have an endowment to go with it for maintenance costs? We wouldn't take the land unless we get a bunch of money, you know, in order to pay for keeping up on the property. And also it's a liability to have your name on a property. You're held liable if someone gets hurt, so you need insurance and other things like that. You know, even if you're a non-profit and don't pay property taxes.
0: So wait, we got to get focused here. We got to get focused. This is supposed to be a short, focused audio discussion. About my album. <laughs> this is how you get how you generate discussion about your album. If no one will publicize anything about it in any of the blogs or websites, you know, you just have to talk about it yourself.
3: That sounds good. I just ended up talking about my album. So yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Like your album is so much. I mean, actually, it's a really good segue because your album, your version of your album. Listen to these ideas and how it's going to benefit all these people and it's so rooted in reality that it's like actual land Dirt and water in a swimming hole as I come around again, and I'm like, here's my little show. Here's my new little show Here's another little album. I made In the midst of all of this that's going on in the world I have to be honest when I'm just like what is it? I mean I I think this is something to do, but is this something to do?
2: Well, we shared your uh, Sanctuary single on our newsletter, the Sanctuary's newsletter, and on one of our live stream Wildcard Wednesdays with a collection of other previous Artists in Residence musical offerings. And there was a whole lot of good feedback about it. And just, I think that that song really hits home with me on a lot of the things issues that are going on right now with people's just ability to live and that uh, everybody has their special purpose of the way that they help out with trying to help others achieve that and I think Solomon's working on it with physical land and spaces and you work on it with songs that illustrate it in a really clear way that people can understand
0: That's nice, yeah That particular song, That Morning was one of the special moments of for me, anyway, it, it was a special moment because that one happened all at once in that space, that downstairs space. I feel like my bed moved a lot throughout the course of the residence. There were two phases because Thanksgiving happened in the middle and I, I came back down here for Thanksgiving. So the first phase, it was that bed down in the basement. And we have to explain what's going on. So you guys purchased a church, an old church and turned it into a community art center.
3: Originally, it was the Arcada Women's Clubhouse and then a church purchased it. And then now we're using it for a community art center. So it doesn't quite feel like a church, although there's remnants of, like with pews and other things. Yeah, there's pews. It is like a meeting space. It was intended for the general public.
2: And in order to purchase the land and build the building was all publicly raised funds with the original owners.
0: Oh, really?
3: Yeah. Those individual contributions, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so to continue the legacy of the space and what people offered, when the church had the building, they put in a lot of walls and divided it up into smaller rooms, and we've been slowly picking away at the additional cubicle walls. And you were staying originally in that beginning before Thanksgiving in a room that we had taken two rooms and made into one, and we kind of curtained off an area because we... um, wanted you to be able to get out the exit door in case of an emergency Mm -hmm. and then um, while you were away making big bucks in Vegas I think
0: (laughs) oh that's right I had that Vegas corporate gig in the middle (laughs) yeah that was different though that that was just for a couple days man that was another fire there was another really bad fire because I flew through the Bay Area and it was like landing in Mordor when I landed it was crazy it was really crazy, actually, what that looked like then. So then it was another couple weeks, and then it was Thanksgiving. And so then I flew back, or I, I took the bus back for Thanksgiving. And when I returned, <laughs> when I returned, the entire downstairs space had been redone. You got What did you call it? Shock and awe? Yeah,
3: Operation Shock and awe. Because he really wanted to wow you when you got back. Then John had a an artist residency bedroom, and we had a lot more light into our uh, sewing, music, dining hall area, print room. You know, just all kind of spun around to more light, more privacy. Yeah, I
0: can't even picture what that was down there.
2: Well, originally, when we got the building, we had, uh, in order to make the space financially viable, we rented out that front two rooms to a private individual for her own use, and that really helped the sanctuary It helped us keep down our costs that we had to pass on to the sanctuary to help make it to pay the mortgage and the insurance blah, blah, blah. But then we reached a certain point where we felt that with the growth of the organization, that if that space was used by the organization and all those windows opened up, then we would be able to propel it to the next level.
0: Yeah, one of the things that was so cool about that residence was I also was living there. So I was there for art, the different art nights. And I just remembered the sewing night was, I loved the sewing night. I fixed my backpack. I got this sweet backpack and the strap was coming off and it's so much easier to sew when you're around people and you're just hanging out. It's like, yeah, may as well sew while we're hanging out. Yeah. You mentioned that Katie, is an artist as well and katie will you talk about the art piece that you made that's the cover of the album
2: well i love doing anatomical illustrations and when i was listening to the words of the songs and the idea of the album the information age that's obviously the nervous system
0: i said i don't think that's obvious necessarily i loved that i love it
2: well it sends information throughout the body and you have to have that in order to function. And, uh, you know, same with information going around. You know, it goes in one ear and goes through the mechanisms and makes you have feelings and stuff like that. So it was really fun to uh, make it into a lino cut carving. Um, and I have a whole collection of esoteric anatomy and physiology books from the turn of the last century. So they have some really nice reference material.
0: Yeah, I love it. I people have also commented on it. People seem to think it's really evocative. It's the prettiest thing. When you go on Spotify, you see like all this all the like squares, you know, and then you see that and it's like, in my opinion, like the most beautiful thing on any given Spotify page. It's very beautiful. There's a couple other things I wanted to specifically talk about. One was one of my favorite songs on the album now is that song Wedding Day. Which I was not including on the album. I recorded it, but I was not going to include it. And we even made the songbook, which we can talk about for the album. And that song is not in the songbook because I just wasn't considering it part of it. You were the one that suggested to me that you liked that one.
2: Well, you gave me the uh, the raw cuts, and we had a giant construction project that we were working on, which included a lot of time alone in a room looking at really closely at the walls or floor or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> we had this mono tape deck thing. And we, we would just listen to the cassettes over and over again. And I really resonated with that song. It's a really good one. So you should have put it in the book.
3: Yeah, it's too late. Maybe a little leaf, like an extra page. Mm,
0: I, I'm done with the book.
3: I'm done with the, the book. <laughs> was, the, book you know?
0: <laughs> the book was very, very, very hard for me.
3: <laughs> we yeah, anyway. did sew through it, you know, we did we did get it stitched.
0: I know, I don't even think that if I was left alone to sew the book, if you guys had not helped me at the end there, you came in as, in, the, in the eighth inning and really helped push that thing through. I don't think I could have done it. It's funny, you know, th- that's a good point, Katie, when you were talking about, like, everybody has their own role. That was a moment for me, it was like... All right, I'm a performer. I'm a songwriter. There's things I do. One of the things that I don't really do is, like, make and sew my
2: own books. Got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> well, one thing that I really like is the process of doing that sort of thing, making a line of cut and printing it and making a book or whatever, and I don't always have the content. It's a lot to just do the process part. Like, right now I'm working on a book, The Abundance Vortex, And it's just 16 pages and it's really small, but it's taken a lot to get to that amount of content. And then to think about doing the whole process of printing it and everything. So it's fun for me to have these. That's one thing I like about participating at the sanctuary is that I can help other people's projects. And then for me, it's kind of a practice for whenever I do have my own one that I can already have practice on all these other projects so that then it's less work for me, brain-wise.
0: That's a great point. The experience of making that book, for me, I did not know any of the stages. So it's like, okay, here's where we put the paper in a vise to make sure it lays down straight. I'm like, well, I didn't know that was part of it, you know? <laughs> and I, I think I take for granted that I know the processes of writing and recording songs, you know? Like, I totally know that. Or show up at a gig, what has to happen the whole three hours of the thing or whatever that i just love doing and i know how to do it but this thing it's like every every each stage was a new like existential crisis for me where it was like okay now we have to measure where each of the dot where each of the holes are gonna go when we poke through the thing and okay well now we got to pick the paper oh yeah we got to get paid i guess you got to pick the paper
3: we had some poopy paper
0: we had great yeah what did- so what was that it was indian
3: I think it was elephant dung paper or something like
0: that yeah from india yeah Ooh, that's nice that works really nice with audio 36 because my guest was gotham my friend of indian descent listen audios are really echoing in a beautiful way these days audios, audio's are really, what? Echoing, what? Are really echoing, echoing in a beautiful way, way these in days in it's the von
1: Road show <laughs> It's the Von Rhodes Show. All right. Good deal. Yeah. Shazam. Well, welcome to the Von Rhodes Show. I'm Von Rhodes, and this is my show. I broadcast this from from my granddaddy's land up in Montana, tucked up there on the river in Montana. And uh, it's quarantine times, man. It's COVID times. I used to do this weekly songwriter night down there at Finnegan's Pub, and I, it's been canceled, man. So I'm just kind of reading books, and I'm doing a lot of writing, and I've kind of I've gotten into brewing beer, I'm brewing my own beer, and I got a little garden going, and I'm doing some fishing, and I'm drinking a lot of whiskey, <laughs> drinking a lot of whiskey. and. Uh, some medicinal vaporizing and um, I'm I'm getting by man I'm getting by I hope you guys are getting by it's a strange time it's a lot it's a lot there's a lot going on out there uh, I've been leading pretty heavily on the podcasts too you know it's a good way to connect and uh, since I can't be on the road and uh, you know there's no gigs it's been a good way for me to, to get in touch, you know, to reach out. And so my buddy, one of so my guest today, my guest today is my buddy, John Elliott. Now, John, I met on the road, I don't even know where, some, some late night song swap somewhere, you know, like early, those thin early hours in the morning when you don't know what's going on. And, uh, you're, you know you're mixing scotch with whiskey with wine and and somebody hands you a guitar and uh, and uh, uh, I played one of my songs I played my song hard and John came up to me afterwards he was like that's a good song man that was a good song and I was like thanks you know and we kind of became friends in that moment uh, I just felt I felt a kindred connection a brotherhood you know and so we got to know each other over the years uh, we, we played a bunch of shows he opened for me uh, I did a run over in Holland and he opened for me and uh, he opened for me uh, a couple gigs I did uh, at various uh, festivals uh, that he played earlier in the day not necessarily I guess those weren't necessarily opening uh more of a co-bill kind of situation but a, he was like a pre-bill and I played after him and um yeah man so anyway I, I've always been real supportive of him and I want to give him uh, I want to have him on the show today and give him some attention because he has a new album out man he's got a new album out and um you know it's hard to get attention hard to get people to hear your new your new stuff these days and uh, I just wanted to get him on and, and and pick his brain a little bit about about his new album. So, how's this Zoom working, you there?
0: Yep, I gotcha, you. hey you man. got it? Yep. All right, great. Yeah, you hear me?
1: Coming in clear?
0: Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, great.
1: All right. Hey John, how you doing, man?
0: Hey man, I'm good.
1: Where are you now?
0: I'm in San Francisco still, same spot, right here by the water.
1: Cool, great, yeah, beautiful down there. It's been a while since I've played down there, but oh man, what a beautiful, beautiful part of the planet. Yeah, so how you been spending your quarantine? What's your your day to day?
0: Oh man, Uh, I mean, it's more at home. I've been more in one place this year than I have been my entire adult life. On the one hand, I feel very fortunate that I can do that. I know that there are many people that have to mask up and go into the world. It's interesting to realize that I'm not essential. That that terminology of essential is an interesting one. I'd say the main day-to-day activity is riding my bike. I mean, I've always been loving riding my bike these last couple years, but they closed this great highway. They closed the highway next to the ocean. There's no cars allowed on that. And it's been that way since April. And basically every day I bike down there and just bike back and forth next to the ocean. And it's wonderful, man. There, it's You can be socially distanced out there. There's like kids riding their bikes and playing on the sand dunes. And it's just a neat public space that is now suddenly open to people instead of just cars.
1: Cool, man. Cool. All right, well, let's get down to brass. Brass tacks. Let's go to where the rubber meets the road. You have a new album.
0: Yeah, I do. I have a new album, man. Feeling it. It's called The Information Age Part 1. The album is called The Information Age. There's a part 1 and there's a part 2. Part 1 comes out on September 4th. You can go to all the streaming platforms and listen to it then. And on my website, I'll be selling a digital package that has part one and part two. So that's the only way you can get part two for right now is there. And the digital package includes a PDF that has all the words and chords for the songs, so you can play along or learn how to play the songs. And it also includes a link to high quality files. If you're not an MP3 person, you can go download the high quality files. My friend Daniel, that was one of the curators at the art center where I recorded it, he kept putting this mixtape concept in my mind. There's this hip-hop idea of the mixtape and you just put it all together and you mix it all up and you put it out there. People take what they like and they leave the rest or whatever life it has out there in the world. And something about that was really freeing creatively. I wanted to approach this one in less of a precious way and just kind of do it all, put it all out there, and here it all is.
1: Is there going to be any physical manifestation of the album at all or is it just going to be? Kind of like in the cloud.
0: I made a limited edition, handmade, hand-sewn songbooks that have the lyrics and the chords to the songs. There's only a handful of them because they were very hard to make. And they're really nice. They have really nice paper. They have a beautiful print on the front. And those will be for sale.
1: I like that. That's cool. I like that. Very cool. Well, yeah, so I got your digital copy your streaming soundcloud link and i listen to it and uh yeah man a lot of themes a lot of themes that are relevant uh that speak to the times and your voice sounds good man you know the Drums sound great.
0: Oh man, the drums on this are so cool. I really love the drums on this. And I have to tell you, they came about in a backwards way. And I just have to give a shout out. So Andrew Laubacher is the drummer on this. He does all the drums, all the percussion. And I recorded the album. Some of it I recorded to the Logic drummer, just to have a beat or some kind of vibe going. So I sent Andrew these tracks that are finished, except there's no drums. And he, I mean, he recorded so many drum takes in such a small amount of time. But he also orchestrated and arranged the percussion parts to shape the songs in ways that was just beautiful to watch. And he really just did a beautiful, wonderful job.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole album sounds good, man. It sounds real thick and, and gooey, and it's got a real chocolatey, uh, thick maple syrupy, tubey, chocolatey taste to it.
0: That's all Jonathan Kirchner. He mixed it, he mastered it, and he was an amazing collaborator. He took a lot of time and care to make these things sound great. I make these things and they mean a lot to me. And it's kinda hard to put them in someone else's hands. And I trust Jonathan so much after this process. I know that he will do his best to make them as good as they can be and he will take care of them as if they were his own recordings, which is, that's a rare thing to find in a collaborator. So, jonathankirchner.com on the World Wide Web. Send him your stuff.
1: Now, let's talk about some of my, my favorite cuts. You already have released a couple singles. You released The Information Age. Yeah,
0: that one's one of the oldest songs on the album, actually. We did an event here the night of the inauguration. In 2017. So we were suddenly had a new president and Les, who had this cafe here called the Bizarre Cafe, which has since been passed on to new ownership and is thriving under their ownership as well. Les put together this event where a bunch of people came and had to perform a piece that they'd written specifically for the inauguration night. So it was poems and songs, and some were funny, and some were sad, and some were tragic, and it was a nice night because it felt a little strange and dark, and we didn't even know what was to come at that point. We were, it was very anxious. It was an anxious time, and it was a strange time, and so to be able to all come together and just be in a nice, warm space and share our feelings and thoughts at that moment in time was really meaningful. And so the information age is the song that i wrote for that event and it changed a little bit actually changed a lot since when i originally wrote it but that was where it came from
1: yeah yeah man yeah crazy man yeah it's like we're all in like a worm twisted hole of time space continuum just kind of swirling and twirling it's like we're in the washer and dryer of time
0: yeah do you remember which lyrics it was that you overheard me shouting over and over again because I had to get
2: Oh there were days desperate <laughs> <Yeah>. horrible days <laughs> in the land under the sun
0: Is lost who is won in those days you should have seen me in those days So you gotta, you, people have to picture that like I'm in the corner of a very community-oriented space. It's not like I'm in a studio with padded walls and everything. I'm just like, what do you you call it? The great hall.
2: In the great hall, and there's certain times when there's scheduled events in there where people in certain areas of the space. And then when we have an artist in residence, that's a recording artist, they kind of see that schedule, and then they can also block out times of when they want to do recording in. Everybody's got to leave that room alone and try to be quiet.
0: How was the experience of my recording process similar or dissimilar from other recording artists you've had?
3: Well I'm, I'm really I'm close friends with you so that definitely uh, changes when I'm hearing the noise bleed. And then also, I love your music and your writing. you know I just uh, really appreciate. Even if it's the same thing over and over again, I, I just enjoy being around. I enjoy being around artists. I, I enjoy being um, a fly on the wall when they're when they're creating. You know, I feel like I'm really blessed and fortunate to um yeah to see in your pajama pants in the office.
0: That's one thing that I keep thinking about. Is like everything about that experience was unique for me because usually I'm in my pajama pants in my office, but I'm in my own world and it's very safe and I can I can shout things like
1: you low-life
0: beggars (laughs) you know I can do whatever I need to do and I've always been uncomfortable in studio situations for that very reason because there's just some guy there who has like also for some reason is an important guy either because you've paid him a bunch of money or because he just acts that way (laughs) you know and you have to like you kind of feel like you have to perform for the guy and he tells you what he likes and what he doesn't. I've just never, never... And you're worried about time because you're paying. I've never enjoyed that. But the experience there was so cool because it was like... I'd be like, you know, if you're, working, if you're playing guitar and the mic is right up next to the amplifier, it doesn't matter if someone walks through. It's not going to be recorded, but you can like you get this feeling that all this stuff is going on around you. And it was surprising to me in the way in which that gave me energy as opposed to made me feel like I was being imposed upon or something. And there's even these beautiful moments like Clover, the dog, has a couple of cameos on the album. I think she's on wedding day, actually. There's a couple of times when Clover, usually she would just come and sit and hang out next to me and just be there. But then sometimes she would get up and her little chain would, her dog collar would rattle. And sometimes I'd be like, Clover, and I'd stop it, you know. But sometimes it'd be perfect, and I would just let it be.
3: What I've heard is the noise bleed is, uh, is embraced, and it's not a uh... Where it's I've heard it distract from uh, from the artist.
0: Yeah, it's just that one that you mentioned was so funny because it's very loud. It's at the top of my range, and I I had to get it right, so I had to do it a couple times. And it's definitely the like angriest, most cathartic expression I think on the album lyrically. It's it's a challenging moment there, <laughs> and you guys are just like in your home. Community art space trying to live your lives, and there's just this guy upstairs just going
3: crazy. <laughs> it's fun, it's like it's that energy, you know, the uh, the abundance vortex of a crazy artist upstairs, and then you start getting crazy downstairs.
0: And they're not all winners. When I never succeeded in getting that 101 song to be any good. I
3: think you started it off with uh, trying to write a cheesy song and I think you were successful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go, that's true, that's good. Yeah.
3: i was thinking of with the noise bleed is we did have a, a round of qualm qualm was around a bit the street guys
0: i was just thinking of them yeah oh my god <laughs> 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 well so i got really lucky because i couldn't have made the album if qualm was around when i was there <laughs> it w- or i could have done it but it would have i couldn't have done anything live it would have had to all be direct or something i don't know how it would work we would, but you know what? Actually, it would have worked. That would have been what it was. Quam is describe what Quam
3: is. Quam was uh, contracted by the city of Arcata to work on groundwater infiltration, which means uh, that they were lining all the sewer pipes in town with a fiberglass tube. So they're drilling and cutting and hanging out and scoping.
0: Speaking of the horrible management of our environment. Quam was not a factor when I was there. Right when I left, Quam showed up when I left. I was like, I think I'm done. Maybe I'll work a little bit more today. And then that morning, Quam rolled in with their trucks and started digging things up. And I was like, I guess I'm done. But then when I came back to work on the book, you just started saying this word QAM, QAM. Like you're going to experience QAM. You're going to see the QAMs around. And I'm like, I didn't really know what you were talking about. And then, right then, outside the big picture window, just this, <laughs> as slowly as possible and as loud as possible, this truck just rolls by, and then big letters just says "Quam."
3: <laughs> I was thanking the guys. I was like, I really appreciate your work, you know, here. And he was like, We're getting paid well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet you are.
3: <laughs> we're not doing it for free. There's clay pipes everywhere, and and they're set in sand, and earthquakes are moving them around, and and the water treatment plant, when it rains, they'd be dealing with four times the amount of water. So now it's like, how much chlorine do we dump in? It's raining, ah! Because the water will seep into all of our clay-broken pipes. So then it's like a, it becomes like an environmental, like now we've got diluted poop water, and (laughs) just like back to your toilet talk,
0: it's like, yeah, what's the end game? I mean, really, what? How, where are we going from here? Where are we going to go from here? What's the plan,
3: everybody? Uh, start start new. You know, when, when folks are like, we're going to increase funding for blah, blah, blah. Hey, guess what? That program isn't working. Whether you take some funding away or you add some funding, we still have a big mental health issue. And, and, and the environment or, or, or. And, you know, the debate around, you know, I'm going to increase funding for... American families. Well, what about I'm going to change the program that supports American families to a system of solution?
0: It's so challenging because it requires a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. We collectively need to just reimagine, just like the idea of land ownership and renting. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, the way to do it is, is if there's any dispute in the community, military, armed, Officers should show up with guns to try to resolve that dispute. Maybe rethink that. Maybe that's not the way to handle disputes in the community. From the top down, there's so many things. Yeah, baby. Every place has their highways and their freeways, their highways and their byways. Best highway there is, baby. Yeah. Let's cruise up the 101. The cruziest, grooviest highway. The cruziest, grooviest byway. I'm cruising up the 101.
3: Cruising up the 101.
1: You got a lot, I mean, you got... uh, There's just a lot of great tunes on here, man. Americans is good, starting it off. Texans not from Texas, giving a shout out to the Texans. They always like that. Yeah, Yeah, man, a lot of
0: of Texas pride down there for sure. I mean some of my <laughs> they always
1: like uh, they always like being talked about in Texas. <laughs> yeah. can it's uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean some of my best All, friends yeah, are
1: almost as much as Californians like talking about themselves, Texans like talking about themselves, you know. Yeah, almost as much. Almost as much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, some of my best friends in the world are down there, man. I really, I miss the Texans. Well, cool,
1: man. Well, congrats on the new one. Oh, wait, so, all right. So, uh, now, I'm confused, and I think the listeners are probably confused, too. It's a two-part. This says The Information Age Part 1. I don't, there's two parts, or?
0: Well, yeah, the mixtape idea is just you put it all out there. You put a bunch of stuff together, mix it up, and put it out there. So, that's what the album, The Information Age, is, at first, I was just going to release it as a 24-track album, but it made sense to split it up as two separate thoughts of the same story. I'm thinking of it as my Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusions 1 and 2, you know?
1: Yeah, Guns N' Roses, nice. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, on the
3: keyboard, Mr. Dizzy Reed.
0: I mean, I love those albums. When I was a kid, I would mow lawns, and I would listen to those albums on my Walkman turned up as loud as it would go to get over the lawnmower. And I loved every single one of those songs, man. Even the ones, you know, it's like people talk about a double album. It could always be whittled down to a single album. And I kind of get that. But the point of it is that it's ridiculous and sprawling and has all kinds of different genres living together, and it's almost like the messiness of it is what makes it that particular album.
1: Well, that's a tricky comparison, man, because, you know, like, I think on those albums, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, man, I mean, those maybe could have just been one album, you know? It's like, did they need to release My World and So Fine? You know, like, are those of the same caliber as you know, you could be mine and estranged.
0: I don't know, I just, I mean, my experience of being a kid and listening to those tapes was, it was just this ridiculous amount of material to sift through and I would make my own mixtapes of my favorite songs from both, then I would listen to just Use Illusion 1 for a while, then I'd switch it, Use Illusion, it's just, I just love that. And so this is my chance to do that. I just had to look it up, it's Use Your Illusion not use your illusions which is maybe notable
1: yeah all right i'm down yeah i hear you it's cool that's cool yeah great well great well yeah man you know sometimes you just put it all out there you know you just put it all out there you 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 put it on a platter you arrange it how you want to arrange it and you just deliver it in this case digitally you know And people come to it when they come to it and they discover what they discover and you can make a playlist and you can cut out, you know, you can cut out locomotive if you think it's too long or you can even rearrange things nowadays, put coma as track two, you know.
0: Sure, man. I, I love that idea. I mean, when, it's, when the whole album is on streaming sites, I would love it if people made their own playlist and they're like, these are the 12 songs that it should have been, you know, just these songs or whatever people want to do. I think that's really cool. That's kind of the actual idea behind the mixtape in the first place. But for me, you know, like, I, you can't cut Locomotive, man. I mean, you can't even cut Right Next Door to Hell. Like, you kind of need those songs. You even need my world.
1: Right, we're getting a little bit in the Guns and Roses weeds here, but yeah.
0: And it's so interesting, actually, really quick political sidebar, to watch the Republican convention this week. Because basically, it's just this willful denial of the need for that kind of change. Because it's easier to just say, We're, we're the greatest, greatest country in the world. We, we always have been. been. These, These people, people that, that want to change, change it, hate it. it.
2: and And our our vision vision of greatness greatness will
0: triumph. That is a lot easier than, well, what about the fucking pipes?
3: (laughs) And I would agree with them that that it is a great country. And with our greatness, we have uh, the ability to do that paradigm shift. You know, we have great thinkers and we have great volumes of money and we have great beautiful land from the, the waves of grain and, Grand Canyon. And-
0: yeah, you're from Indiana. Katie, you're from Texas. I'm from Minnesota. We live in
3: California. We love it. We love it. It's beautiful. I mean, I if I didn't love it, I would be living somewhere else. And I'd be trying to create community somewhere else, you know. I mean, but, I, but I choose here because I see the potential.
0: Is that a motorcycle or a leaf blower back there?
2: It's a chainsaw.
3: Great. Wonderful. <laughs> Welcome to Northern California. We got chainsaw bleed. If it's not qualm, it's a chainsaw. <laughs>
2: Leading up to this conversation was just a constant motor about two blocks away And yeah. I was thinking, well, maybe we're gonna have to put go in the new spot.
0: No, nah, it's great. It's perfect.
3: Yeah. It's just part of it, you know, a two cycle motor. You know, going going ripping away. That's something my mom
0: always says to me is if you if you're gonna complain in this way, if you hate it here so much, why don't you leave? And first of all, I don't hate it. There's a million answers to that that are, the question's so irritating, but it's like, the goal is to create, I mean, if you want to just stick with the nation state nationalism idea, a more perfect union, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness so let's let's work toward that that is patriotism and then there's like a very simple reason why i don't is because through my own fault and the fault of the public education system i know one language so i can't go to holland and become part of that culture. I mean, for one thing, I'm not from there, but also I can't speak Dutch and I know they can speak English, but they're, they they want they're Dutch, you know, like they want to speak Dutch or I would go, man, but I wouldn't. They, I, like I like the idea of conceptually of leaving because fuck these people. But at the same time, it is incumbent upon us to try to make it better.
2: I like to think about the jolly sailor when you're on a ship sailing with a crew maybe this crew is the United States and we're all on this ship right now, is that maybe you can get off in a port, like some folks can get off in a port and leave or whatever, but maybe you're in the middle of the ocean and, and you would just have to jump in the ocean or push someone in the ocean. But if there becomes too few people, then you can't run the ship because there's 29 sails and all that stuff going on. And you have to figure out how to get along and you're in close quarters. You're going to be on that ship for like two years with these people or whatever. you know. So you have to figure it out.
0: So you have to be a... Is that a term? The jo- That's what the jolly sailor means?
2: Well, I haven't looked it up on Google.
3: <laughs> I also think that it's like a holistic approach and that to achieve the solution is to include all, all of our populace and all of the environment and not just little pockets and things like that in order for that paradigm shift it's the um, embrace with love, you know, and embrace embrace everyone with compassion, and you know, ourselves included. I think the potentials of, well, at least what I see in my utopia is everybody gets to climb up the ladder and feel the sunshine and, you know, and then we'll all be warmer and fuzzier.
0: I love it. Oh, I miss you guys.
2: Miss you. Miss you. I miss you. (laughs) I miss you. Uh,
0: Looking at the it's so, this whole thing just doesn't work. I mean, I know we're trying our best, but like, in order to look at you in the eyes, I have to look at this, like, circular camera with a green dot next to it. I have to be like, and I can't even look at your eyes when I do that. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) You saw it. Oh, man. Trade off off and take turns looking at her into each other oh eyes.
0: yeah will you guys look at me now for a second
2: yes yeah.
0: no in the yeah look yeah. in the camera so I can look yeah. at you great and now I'll look at you and you look down <laughs>
3: hey, I like that it does feel good
1: well cool man well congratulations on the new album and oh yeah you're doing you're doing some live events like a live stream situation is it to release the album
0: yeah september 4th and september 6th i'm gonna do like a labor day weekend so there's gonna be a show on september 4th at four o'clock pacific time that'll be a happy hour kind of deal and then there'll be a show sunday september 6th at 11 a.m that'll be like a sunday brunch and then I've got this new streaming software I'm going to try to do so it can be a little more produced and I can do like little segments and stuff and maybe interview people in the middle and I'm, going to, I'm just going to play with all kinds of stuff because the idea is after I do these release shows over Labor Day weekend then it'll be weekly for a while from then on again. I like the Friday happy hour, I like the Sunday brunch. There's pros and cons to both, so we'll see which one sticks.
1: Yeah, man, I haven't gotten into the live streams. That's cool you're doing that. I, yeah, there's an intimate aspect of it that's nice. I just, we got the Wi-Fi up here is a little spotty and, uh, you know, I just, I'm more of an in-person guy,
0: you know. Oh, yeah, well, I am too, Vaughn. I mean, there's nothing like being in a room with people playing your songs and having the actual sound waves, analog sound waves coming through your throat and through the air and hitting their eardrums analogically, if that's a word, it's, there's no replacement for that. I will say there's something about the singer-songwriter confessional lyric-based music that there are ways in which it really does connect in this particular medium. I've experienced it as a listener and as a viewer. I'm sitting here with my headphones, alone in my room with my feelings and my thoughts, and I'm just watching someone, and I'm close up on their face. I'm not back in the crowd. There's not people around me. There's not the din of conversations or noises or the bar in the back. And I can see their face really closely, and there's an intimacy of it that's very direct, that's almost disarming. And a little uncomfortable, but because there's a screen, you can sit with that and feel uncomfortable or feel comfortable that you're feeling uncomfortable. There's ways in which this is a very unique medium for this particular type of music that I think is not to be discounted. There's something to it.
1: Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the Vaughn Road Show, John. Uh, congrats on the new album. I know it's not easy to finish one. And, uh,. You know, uh, I wish you the best down there, man. I wish you the best.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's nice to have an opportunity to talk about it.
1: And, uh, when all this is over and and it's safe to get out and about again, you know, you gotta come up here. We're doing features, 30-minute features, 50 bucks and a bucket of beer is what I tell people. We're doing that Tuesday nights up at Finnegan's Pub, or I, I assume we'll be resuming that when we get past this, and, uh, I come on up uh, half off uh, half off the band menu but you know it's good it's a lot of food it's good food and it's Montana prices not San Francisco prices and uh, we split the tip jar usually usually it's a pretty nice pretty nice haul but I'll also I'll put you up at the up on granddaddy's land we got a bunch of little tiny houses now we've been working on them and uh, we got the pit toilet all set up. It's kind of nice in there actually and you get to you leave the door open and you watch the birds. You watch the birds fly by while you take care of business. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Thanks for listening to the Vaughn Road Show. And as we like to say around here, whether you're up or you're down, whether you're drunk or you're sober, whether you're happy or sad, whether you're driving or whether you're standing still. I hope you stay hard, you stay hungry, and you stay alive.
0: It's the Von
2: Road Show.
0: Part of the idea, we talked about this a bunch when I was up there, is how am I going to replicate the album? What is it going to be? And we were saying because it's the information age, it should just be digital. It should just be on the internet. And then i was wondering should i make cds should i do whatever i've decided it's just going to be digital for the exact same thing that you were just talking about about management of resources i don't need to create more plastic and crap Mm -mm. you know i don't need to do that and the only physical manifestation are those books which are paper which will biodegrade and disappear from the earth eventually
3: yep and like one of the things i've been questioning is how do we have human presence with less impact
0: yes walk lightly on the earth that line tread lightly on the earth
3: I like the idea of the the digital stuff because I can always um, hook it up to a tape deck and break out the little tabs of a free tape and get it onto a cassette tape
0: honestly I've funded someone's crowdfunding campaign and she emailed me and she was like hey I want to send you a cd and I was like honestly I don't have a way to play a cd I, I literally don't and it's the digital era dude come on get on board Sack up
3: and <laughs> camp, camp. SoundCloud me?
0: <laughs> nah, SoundCloud blows. I hate SoundCloud.
3: <laughs> well, you got to be on all platforms, you know. You just...
0: Yeah, all platforms. Every platform.
3: I tuned in. Wait. Okay.
0: Wait. One more thing. One more thing. Okay. So, how much should I sell the deluxe digital package, which contains not only part one, which comes out on September fourth and will be streaming everywhere, but part two, which will only be available there for right now, which includes wedding day and includes a PDF of the songbook with the lyrics and the chords to all the songs. How much does that cost?
2: How much does part one cost?
0: Part one is free, Katie, because it's streaming everywhere.
2: Okay.
3: How about part two?
0: Part two, I think this is how you get part two. Eventually, part two will also be streaming everywhere for free. And also, how much do the 30 limited edition, hand-sewn by you and me standing by frustratedly, also sewing some of them, beautiful. Those books are so beautiful. They feel beautiful. They look beautiful.
2: Yeah.
3: I think uh, between like 80 and 120.
2: But mm-hmm. <laughs> limited is edition
3: of 30, for, I mean, come on.
2: Uh, it's rare. $20. You got a rare
3: book. But I
2: think that they're worth more than that.
3: For
0: sure they're worth more than that, but what will people buy them for? This is an art piece. I was thinking 40.
2: We gotta go.
0: I know you guys. We gotta go. How much is the digital, real quick?
3: Eighteen or twenty dollars, maybe?
0: Yeah, I was thinking twenty, but everyone else says ten. Nothing's worth anything anymore. So twenty
3: it is. You're an artist. Don't. It's you're you're valuable.
0: You understand that, Solomon? But it's all free now, man.
3: Well, I think that we change the paradigm by having the hundred monkeys, and we change our thought pattern about the starving artist, and we say our artists are really part of our social change. They're the ones that are going to be creative and. And help guide us. Artists are really part of our social
1: change. They're the ones that are going to be creative and creative and help guide us. Help guide us. Help guide us.